Hey, it's your host Steven here for It's Not the End of the World, and I have a special guest here with me today. It is my dad. Hi. <laughs> so, um, my dad, Jim, is here to discuss with us entertainment and how it has changed throughout the decades, and he'll give us a little bit of his personal background with his likes and dislikes about all things entertainment. And the reason uh, I have him on as a special guest is because it was convenient for the most part. <laughs> he was downstairs, and I'm recording this upstairs in my room, and uh, Brittany, the co-host who's usually with me, is not able to be here for this episode. So, like I said, we're going to go through kind of his personal take on things and all things entertainment, and we'll go through how it's changed and then kind of like the social implications about our entertainment-centered lifestyles here as an American citizen of the 21st century. So, um, yeah, if you could just introduce yourself and kind of take us through the decades and kind okay. of how things have changed. Sure. Maybe, maybe drop some names for some of your favorite artists and you know, whatever else comes to mind when you think of entertainment. Okay, I would be happy to do that. Um, well, uh, you know, growing up as a young boy back in the 70s and 80s, I was a part of what uh, most would consider the golden age of television. So that basically what that meant was you had four channels. That was all you had on television. Um and you basically, if there was something on television that you didn't like or whatever, you would go outside and play. And that's just what we did. We didn't have endless amounts of uh, quality television, per se. Um, you also couldn't uh, watch television all night or anything like that. It you know, would go off at uh, 2 a.m. or something like that. But um, basically... Uh, what you would do is I just played outside all the time, came in prime time, 7 to 10, something like that, watched what was on, uh, and then that was it. And there was no uh, DVR to record, you know, something for a more convenient time. If you missed it, you missed it, and that was it. Your friends talk about the next school, you know, the next school day, you're out of luck, didn't have anything to contribute. So um, that's what it was like. Uh, we had things like, uh, for music, we had things like 8-track, um, you know, cassette tapes. And then, of course, later on in the 90s, you had some CDs, things like that. Um, uh, as far as television goes, uh, I didn't, ha you know, I watched sports, basically. You know, I was, uh, you know, baseball, basketball, football, things like that. Um, entertainment, uh, musically, um yeah, mainly the 70s is where I tend to stay, 70s, 80s, which is obviously, you know, when I was a teenager. Uh, and then things changed quite a bit, of course, when we got to the 90s and grunge came along and it basically kicked <laughs> my Led Zeppelin to the curb, more or less. But, um, yes, nowadays uh, things are a whole lot different. A whole lot different, Steve. Yeah, seems like the the pace of our indulgence has kind of quickened you know like where, absolutely yeah because entertainment um was kind of 
reserved, I think, especially in the days of like 1800s and before. <laughs> right. Pretty much sure. like it was very reserved to certain demographics, like probably the rich in the people who had the opportunity and time to really spend on i don't know maybe theater performance i don't know what people would watch <laughs> or do back then but like you know entertainment was kind of very uh specialized and but i think it's interesting because that it was reserved for people who had the time and the resources so it's like wealth as a relationship on a societal level to like what kinds of things people are doing with their time so in our culture we're generally a pretty rich nation here in america we have lots of fancy things like gadgets and televisions and you know like there's a kind of a baseline standard for how much a person makes and is able to to live on and and when you have all that you need you know what do you do with your time <laughs> well you start to come up with ways to entertain yourself and that's what we did in the post-war era so 70s and 80s the golden age of television the golden age of music if you want to call it that yes i would definitely call that, <laughs> that. <laughs> the golden age yes and it's um and it's kind of taken on new forms more recently like it's essentially the same in that we're still just kind of telling stories replications or ideas of like fictional lives portrayed in different forms like we have somebody telling a story through a song about you know this girl they love or this boy that they love and then you see it in movies and in books not so much anymore because video has kind of taken over i would say but they're just what what is it that draws us to it that we're so obsessed at like essentially just watching our own life in a different form i guess maybe a an idealized form of what we wish our lives to be you know like it's the american dream it's all on television right right and television and the movies and and all that and it has certainly become like oversaturated now in our time with digital media and our access constant access it's always in our hands so could you kind of tell us how that struck you when it first started to spring up and it became more common to see people have a device in their hands that could do magic things like access the internet and right and you know because I, th I think you were in your 20s during the 1990s 20s and 30s so, Correct, so yeah. like you know you were kind of at that age where you could still adapt to it but it wasn't like in its full form that we see it now right uh, it basically when uh you know you start out with uh, uh basically say a flip phone i guess maybe that would be the first phone i remember people having that was weird, odd. I'm always a little bit behind the curve as far as, you know, trends go. Uh, but, yeah, it was it was different. It was uh, odd to see somebody driving a car, doing something like that, talking on the phone. Uh, basically, it was weird to see uh, someone 
walking and talking on the phone. Or uh, I think as time went on, uh, you would get to the point where conversations between two people without a phone is like dissipated. Um, I didn't really like it. It took me a long time to get into to cell phones and what they did. And, you know, then gosh, you, 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 all of a sudden it's basically a computer more or less <laughs> that you're holding in your hand. Yeah. It does everything. It's not just talking and texting. Yeah. It's, I mean, they yeah. can do anything. I mean, an Apple watch, you know, you can, you can, uh, check your heart rate, your blood sugar levels, probably and everything else now. Yeah. Uh, uh, just unbelievable what can be done today through these, uh, applications on these mini computers that you hold in your hand. Yeah, it's um, there's a this anthropologist uh, from the 60s and 70s, I think, is when he released a lot of his work. But he considers that our technology are some form of extensions of ourself. Right. So his name is Marshall McLuhan, and the idea is that. <clears throat> Like, all the technologies we've come up with have been somehow, like, representative of different parts of our body. It's really interesting the way he puts it together, but it's like, uh, you know, if we're born, we don't have the means to get from point A to point B really fast, and then we develop something like an extension of our legs, which would be, like, the wheel. Right. So now taking us into the future basically now actually from that point in the future t into the future from that point of developing the wheel now we have things that you said like it's just a computer it has everything on it and that is representative of our central nervous system it's a, just an extension of our brain and its full capacity for um, consciousness and just always having that feedback of instantaneous feedback like <laughs> right it's almost like an actual physical appendage yeah in the, in the sense too yeah. yeah i know like um uh i've heard people before say like <laughs> Um, eventually we'll just have it, um, you know, like, like sewn into sure. our body or something like that. And I mean, it's like it's plausible in like science fiction in a science fiction -y sense, but, but yeah, it's certainly become so central to our lives. And I think, like you said, it's kind of hampered us in some ways, like we're not as socially capable anymore like in-person talking where we're not yeah conversations have kind of dropped off they drop off quicker and people are more likely to just sit on their phone when they're in public and they're much happier <laughs> supposedly yeah in, in doing so um, yeah it's more comfortable i think i don't know if they're happier but i i agree yeah if they think they're happier they think maybe. they're happier. yeah yeah it's it's much easier to just hide your head in your phone and what's going on with Instagram or Snapchat that I didn't know three seconds ago, <laughs> you know, is, is now I'm up to date. Okay. Until three seconds from now. And then you've got to get back on there. What did I miss? You know? 
Yeah, it's a constant feed. Now you call it a feed. It's funny. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. It's literally called the news feed <laughs> because it's constantly happening. It's all at your fingertips whenever you want, and it's compulsive. A lot of times people pull out their phones to look through it without any conscious realization that they're doing it, you know, like they're trying to feel comfortable in an awkward situation, so they pull it out. And it's like triggering something in us, like a, a feeling of comfort. But I, I think it's unhealthy in that respect, at least. Yes, I, I would say it could definitely be. I'm no doctor, of course. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I think there are definitely pluses and minuses to it. You, there are... Uh, As know, with any technology. Exactly. Yes, endless amounts yeah. of information that could help you get from point A to point B. Uh, uh, anything you want to know, it's it's there at your fingertips almost instantly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I'm with you. Uh, there are some negativities to that as well. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people have lost the ability to communicate face-to-face -face with another person. Yeah. And it's because they've extended so far in their ability to communicate with as many people as they want. So it's like a, right. a double-edged sword where it brings people closer together in the digital sphere. You know, like you can talk to your person, to your relative, like halfway across the country whenever you feel like it, pretty much. I mean, as long as they're not doing something. Busy or something, right? <laughs> but like it brings people close together, but then whatever is immediately in front of you you're not really paying attention to so it's like you're constantly not constantly but a lot of the times detached from your physical reality and you're in the, the digital reality so it's it's interesting a lot of people are talking about it and people are researching it and as it's already developed and they're witnessing the effects unfold in front of them but yeah. like it's it's just interesting how it works and how it's become so central to our life. Um, but to relate it back to entertainment, really, like we're spending so much time focusing on entertaining ourselves. And money. And, and that's... And, yeah. mo <laughs> and money as well, yes. Yeah, and it's like we... We have the privilege to entertain ourselves, first of all. I would say most would if they live in our country and participate in our culture of entertainment. And because they don't have to worry about other things, you know, like just simply, you know, finding ways to feed themselves and whatever else might be going on. But it's bringing people close together and it's separating us at the same time you know we always see the the fights that people get into online and we could go on about that probably for a whole another episode if we wanted to right. it's also informing us you know like we're we're getting more in touch now i think people are with the with themselves and the world around them because you know, the, the more you learn, the more you know, and the more you know, the more you grow, right? Or whatever, however right. that saying yeah. goes. Like, we, 
we're learning more at an exponential rate. So it's like we're becoming more aware of things in ourselves. So it's got to be healthy, I guess, if you take it one step at a time. You know, you don't fully immerse immerse yourself because yeah. I think that can be unhealthy too. You have to find a balance. Like if you're constantly staring at your screen, your eyes start to hurt. <laughs> telling and, you something. Yeah, your body's telling you yeah, something. Yeah, it's like... And in other ways, it's you know creates anxiety because you're always having thoughts on your mind, and it's like you don't need to be thinking all the time about the latest thing or trying to distract yourself with different with different ideas or different games or whatever. Right. That, yeah. And I I just feel that moderation, as with you know a lot of other things, it would be the key to navigating that to a more successful rate of maybe being healthier, being more well-balanced. Yeah. Um, because, you know, with your family, your friends, you know, your close friends, let's say, uh, if you're on line doing whatever you're doing, what you know, that's not including them, you know, you're, there's going to be some natural separation and some, anxieties and you're going to miss out on a lot of things that you know you probably wish you would have been a part of well you might be there in the room but you're not (laughs) with them you know yeah and like taking us back to like your time growing up like there's definitely contrast there where you look at the younger kids around you right oh yeah Yeah. i mean that you know back then you know, if we got on the telephone to a friend up the street or, you know, across town or whatever, you know, it was a five-minute conversation at the most, and that was it. And then you were playing ball, or your mom was taking you over to their house or whatever, catching a ride to their house or they were catching a ride to your house. So, yeah, there, there was not a lot of phone time um, and, you know, the entertainment – industry was at that point going to the movies you know if you did that once a month where i came (laughs) from that was kind of a treat you know nowadays you don't even have to you can go to the theater every week i guess if you wanted to when covid 19 is over with but there's endless amounts of movies streaming constantly (laughs) you know but games you know the, the the game players it becomes a passive activity like people aren't really so much engaged with that once once a month movie that they go to see right they're just in they're they're just watching five movies in a row on some weekend day right and it's like i just i don't think you're fully engaged at that point it's just like you're passing the time yeah you're all you're almost a zombie mindless yeah. zombie or something at that point um yeah, yeah I, I think i mean we could go into things that and how i think it's unhealthy to I, do these yeah things, and we're but, and we're saying this from a point of view that like we have indulged in all of these things oh absolutely ourselves. yeah i so like you know i'm you know basically watching you know every episode of the blacklist in <laughs> one month <laughs> yeah yeah 
So I'm, I'm guilty of these things, too. Yeah, especially during the times now where we're all sitting at home waiting for things to go back to normal, whatever normal. Whatever normal is. is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there's, there's that whole social side of entertainment, and it's definitely kind of the best of both worlds when it comes to our own health as it relates to entertainment. Um, it's become a cultural phenomenon that is worth studying, I think, and figuring out what the next step is, because certainly we can't indulge ourselves even more. I don't think it's it's possible, you know. We we have we have this culture of indulgence in America when it, as it relates to food and entertainment and other things. I mean, we we don't have drugs legalized fully in America, but like right. that would just be another represent representative for that culture of indulgence. Right. If we were to have all of those things at once going on, but to find balance in navigating your way through all this is important, especially as we continue forward. And I think um, that that's probably all that we have to say right now for this, but I'm sure we could go into it a lot more. But uh, thanks for being on the show. Yes, thank you for having me. Uh, Brittany, if you are listening to this, uh, I did not fill your shoes very well. Uh, I did what I could, but yes, I'm not as good as Brittany. No, no, it was it was still good. I think you could definitely be a third host if we were to oh, have okay. one. I think that okay. would be, it would be an interesting dynamic at that point. Yeah, the, the older generation's viewpoint <laughs> on things. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> not, not in that sense, but in other case, in other senses. Oh, too. okay, but, but, okay, uh, sure. Yeah, so um, thank you for listening to It's Not the End of the World, and we'll get with you in the next few weeks with our next episode.